This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rockets, 534. And Collective Soul. I'm Braxton O'Brien and Rock 102. Couple of nice days. Sunshine, a little bit of little bit of clouds today, um, and the fog to deal with in the early morning. But that's going to burn off today and tomorrow. Uh, a high of seventy three, and right now it is uh, fifty two in downtown Springfield. The sheriff Nick Coach will be joining us later on this morning. What's he talking about? Probably about uh, I'm going to say seven to ten minutes long. No, uh, what's the conversation going to be about? Well, I'll be, uh, you'll ask some questions, and I'll ask some questions. You don't and answer, know. do you? I don't know of any conversation what we're going to want to talk about. No, I mean, it's usually when he comes on, it's for a reason. Yeah, well, he's I not mean. Just, he doesn't just wander in here like he's got nothing else to do. See, I'm under the impression this is a social call. No, he's not a social person. What are you talking about? He's a politician. They're also, he's looking for votes. Uh, also, Nate Costa from the Springfield Thunderbirds. Believe it or not, uh, Thunderbird hockey is about to begin, and uh, he'll be in the studio around 845. Damn, it's a busy day. You're damn right. There's that and other stuff, too. It's 536 on Rock 102. Save yourself third. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 550 and Led Zeppelin on the Rock 102. Uh, not a bad couple of days. Sunshine and uh, warm temperatures. Highs of about 73. It's 62 right now in downtown Springfield. No, I'm sorry, 52 in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by 413 Pro Tint for tinting in your vehicle, home, or business. Call 413 Pro Tint in Springfield today. How about some Hollywood Trash with Steve Nagelrock? Well, there is a uh, massive comet heading towards us, but don't worry. It's not supposed to hit the Earth, but it is coming pretty damn close. Uh, Astrophysicists think it'll pass between Saturn and Uranus. (laughs) <laughs> in, in 2031 but what, I know That's hard to say yeah, but, it is. but what if it was on a collision course with us Should we do the Armageddon thing And send Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck And and why not Steve Buscemi I don't know why he, I, didn't, I, he didn't blow himself up And then just blow this whole thing to bits Well apparently the answer According to Neil deGrasse Tyson Is no He no. says we're very good at blowing stuff up because we have no end of weaponry to do this, but that's not the wisest path. All engineering calculations tell us if you blow something up while we're good at blowing it up, we don't know where the pieces will go. Good point. He's yeah. got a point. He, he does has have a point. Work. He brings up a lot of good points. So it's safer uh, and more controlled to deflect an asteroid of, uh, from harm's way. So what do you use, though? A giant tennis racket like Bugs Bunny did? Yeah, probably. You could do that. You, mm-hmm. It would have to be a very big tennis racket. Well, that was a very... It was the one with Marvin the Martian, and he took the the, the tennis racket, and he bopped. Oh, yeah, bopped Bugs had right that used one. Yeah. Hey, uh, you got to come up with good ways to do things. Mm-hmm. But you can't blow it up. No, don't do that, because then we'll just have a bunch... We'll have a hundred different asteroids coming at us. What about uh, trampoline technology? There's people in the got trampolines in their backyard all over the world. I'm sure we could uh, come up with something like that. Uh, Superman is coming out as bisexual in the comics. The current Superman in DC Comics is not Clark Kent, by the way. It's John Kent. John Kent. That's the son of Clark and Lois Lane. Oh, the son. Yeah. Ah. And in the uh, November 9th issue, he becomes romantically involved with a college friend named Jay. So when they say he's a man of steel, 
Uh, they're talking about his, uh, his joint. That's huh? what I'm talking about. Yeah. The uh, writer of the comic says, quote, I've always said everyone needs heroes and everyone uh, deserves to see themselves as their heroes. And I'm very grateful for DC and Warner Brothers to share this idea. Superman's symbol has always stood for hope, truth, and justice. Today, that symbol represents something more. <sighs> you know? If you put it that way, then Superman today would be almost 92 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, it would make sense that he would pass down the family business to the youngster. But yeah. his, you know, his uh, sexual identity, I, I, I never thought was a superpower, like x-ray vision or uh, bullets bouncing off his chest. Yeah, you see uh, Superman, uh, you know, being homophobic, being from the time that he was from. Yeah. Uh, no son of mine's going to be... <laughs> Parading around the world in a, in, a t- t- in tights and a cape, huh? Well, Dad, you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I jumped off a bridge, does that mean you should jump off one too? Oh, and now uh, your boyfriend Jay wants to come over for Thanksgiving dinner. Well, who's gonna ruin it for everybody? <laughs> Do you think? I, I, I would think that uh, Superman would be a little bit more sensitive to that. It sounds like my house growing up. You yeah. Know, like uh, some kind of dysfunctional family thing. And you by know? the way, what is that all over your chin? Is that kryptonite? <laughs> That's something you don't want to... <laughs> yeah. You don't want to know what they're doing with those crystals back uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, David Arquette recently bought the rights to Bozo the Clown, and he has big plans. Bozo? Bozo. He's B-O-Z-O? Stuck. He's stuck in a clown from the 60s, man. He says, uh, quote, you have to think of it as a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So, Bozo-Verse. Bozo-Verse. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's the right guy to do it. Matt Omadillo's 38-game <clears throat> winning streak came to an end last night on Jeopardy. He learned a little, earned a little more than $1.5 during his run and now has the second longest winning streak. I think it's Amodio. Amodio? Like the moving company. No, that's uh, when it's 40 below and you don't give an F. And, no, uh, that's uh, the rodeo. Oh. Uh, you're no, thinking no. of my uh, third partner. No, that's rodeo. No, right. no, you're thinking of that medication that that hardens your stool. Uh, Imodium. Uh, oh, yeah, Imodium. yeah. No, that, that's Imodium. <laughs> I forgot about that. I uh, haven't. Netflix says it's not scrapping Dave Chappelle's new special, special, The Closer, even though it uh, offended trans people. They say they don't believe the show was designed to, quote, incite hate or violence. Okay. Yeah. I've, uh, I've watched it. I saw it, too. And I don't, uh, I mean, I suppose if you take certain lines out of context, then yes, you could be offended by it. But if you hear the entire presentation of the material, you realize that he is trying to understand everything. A very intelligent guy. Yeah, you know, and some people are gonna get uh, very offended by it. Then maybe they need to look at what he's actually saying, or just uh, don't pay attention. Yeah. Ted, well, there's that too. CEO of Netflix, Ted Sarando, said, "I recognize that distinguishing between commentary and harm is hard, especially with stand-up comedy, which exists to push boundaries. Some people find the art of stand-up to be mean-spirited, but our members enjoy it, and it's an important part of our content uh, that we offer. So." I guess they're, they're good for them for standing by, uh, standing by their First Amendment right. rights to, to do something. Mm-hmm. During a uh, Smash Mouth gig this weekend, Steve Harwell was wasted. He was mumbling, swearing at the crowd, dropping drinks, and even gave a Nazi salute. Oh boy! He uh, even he recently missed a few gigs due to heart issues. 
He sounds like he's got an alcohol problem. Can I ask you a larger question? Yeah. Who the hell's still going to a Smash Mouth show? Well, there might be some Smash Mouth uh, fans. Do you think anybody of those, any one of those people wants to be outed publicly? Probably not. It's like, uh, you know, um, when the Bay City Rollers came to Springfield. Oh, yes. That was a great day. Everybody only wanted to hear that one song, that Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But uh, he got drunk. He didn't want to play that because he don't play that to the bloody effing end. That was his words. Right? Yeah, right. right. Same and, uh, thing with, uh, with Smash Mouth. <clears throat> same thing. They want to hear All Star or they want to hear Walking on the Sun. And that's it. Well, they don't that's probably anything. all they play. No, they actually have a, quite a lot of songs that no one has ever paid attention to. They have a library of music, but like a library that uh, isn't funded very well and uh, has broken items inside the library. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not It's not fun to be a one-hit wonder or and, a two-hit wonder. And that is your Hollywood Trash on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember back in August when I may have prematurely stated that the Boston Red Sox were on the edge of a mathematical elimination due to their sudden inability to win crucial baseball games against teams like Tampa, with whom they've already lost 12 times during the regular season, nine of which came after the All-Star break? Well, I certainly do. And while I may have been getting ahead of myself, what with that whole position on mathematical elimination, today we are celebrating the Red Sox destroying the souls of Tampa by swatting back what appeared to be their late-game comeback thanks to a walk-off sacrifice by Boston's Kiki Hernandez in the ninth inning to give the Sox the game for win by a score of 6-5. to five. The win ends the series and puts the Sox in the ALCS with God knows who. It's either going to be Chicago or Houston. You see, this is the beauty of postseason baseball. Technically, Tampa might have been a better team in that series, and yet it was the Red Sox who finished them off in three straight games. By all right, the Red Sox should have been destroyed by these guys, and yet it was the Red Sox who are a one-seven-game series away from going back to the World Series. Now, am I getting ahead of myself? Absolutely. But as you know, being a lifelong Red Sox fan requires the occasional suspension of reasonable thought and rationality. Sometimes being a Red Sox fan requires you to forego the obvious pathways and place your faith into things that would otherwise seem like utter nonsense. Certainly worked for me. Now look at where we are. The Red Sox are busy puking all over themselves in August. Could any one of us predicted where they'd be right now? Listen, I've been around long enough to remember that when a Red Sox postseason run would start, it was often more brutal than a squid game bloodbath. And yet today I'm sitting here wondering... What it might be like to win a fifth World Series championship in my lifetime. Is that even logical to to think right now? No, it's not. But it's never stopped me before, nor will it stop me now. But hey, never my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Don't wait for spring. You go to Rocky's now, you get the Scott's Winter Guard Turf Builder. It's on sale all month. You put that stuff in your lawn and it does magic. And by next summer, you got beautiful grass all over the place. Scott's Turf Builder on sale now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 611. And Tom Petty on Rock 102. Couple of nice days, uh, sunshine and clouds, and a high of 73, which I believe it already is in this room. Um, very, very warm down here. I'll open up the window. Yeah, except there aren't any. 
uh, and and there's no thermostats either. And by the way, are we uh, are we done with the work provided bottled water? Oh, you didn't see that uh, that email? No. Yeah, no, we're out of the work provided bottled water. There was an email. There was an email. Oh, okay. There was an email that stated we have uh, we have done away with the purchase of bottled water, mm-hmm. and what we have instead done has been to purchase a Brita filter for the sink. So ah. now, if you want water, you have to go to the sink, mm. and the Brita filter will filter that Islamita water of all of its impurities, so assuming that you can drink you, like spring-like fresh water. Assuming you kept one of the original bottles. From the uh, bottled water. Yeah, that's right. So, in other words, the only way that you can have water today would be to put your mouth under the sink. Well, uh, under, the, I, under the faucet. I did. Uh, first of all, I still had my water bottle from yesterday down here in this room. Um, since apparently nobody uses this room except on holiday weekends and ruins everything. But, um, uh, and, I, and I did what I've mentioned before. I, I used the water dispenser from the refrigerator. But I did not see the email, so um, yeah, no, is that a cost-cutting measure? I don't know if it was a cost-cutting measure per se. At uh, you know, I think there is somewhat of a <laughs> inconvenience about you know having to store the water, put the water in the fridge. I mean, it's you know, obviously recycle the plastic. Oh yeah, no, I just toss it right in the garbage. Oh, that's what I, I usually just toss oh, it in a, in a lake somewhere. Um, so, uh, looking at the Drudge Report as I do every morning, um, there are a number of um, Interesting sports headlines, which uh, Drudge is really not necessarily known for. I mean, it's kind of a news site, but there's a there's a whole column of sports stories, starting off with uh, three or four stories about John Gruden uh, and his replacement as the coach of the Raiders. Then there's uh, another story of uh, about Tom Brady, how at the age of 44. He is leading the NFL in passing yards mm-hmm. and possibly had the best game of his career. And then there's um, then there's three other more interesting headlines, uh, one of which actually has a video to go along with it. Uh, the first one is man murdered over Alabama football argument. And that was just a couple of guys, I guess, arguing over a college football game, well, and I actually didn't read the story yet. Well, at least they're arguing over something important. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Then there's a, then there's another story, kind of interesting. Steelers and local authorities investigating spreading spreading of ashes at Heinz Field. Um, apparently, I, I believe this is the same way in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, but in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Ashes are not permitted to be spread anywhere without a property owner's permission. So apparently, after uh, the Steelers beat the uh, the Broncos this past weekend, the uh, field crews and first responders found themselves dealing with a, an unusual situation. Someone spread a relative's ashes partially in the stands and on the edge of the field. Hmm. The uh, Steelers say they're aware of it, but they do not condone it. Um, how did they become aware of it? That's what I want to know. Well, this, well, one, there's cameras all over the place. so you know. Yeah, but who would look for that unless somebody said, hey, I think somebody uh, just spread some ashes on the ground over here. What, was this during a game? Uh, it appears to be, um, said someone spread it on the edge of the field, fed Valentino, it doesn't really say. Right, you know, it says following the victory. See, okay, following the victory. Mm. Someone had to get down onto the field. 
Which you're not supposed to do. It doesn't sound like it because it says it was in the stands and on the edge of the field. So now, it sounds like somebody leaned over a railing. That may be true, but the place is crawling with security cameras. Plus, if uh, and I'm, I assume that after the game, the national TV cameras are focused on other stuff. But if they're even still on by that point. Somebody had to see this, like in in a security footage, and yeah. say, "Whoa, what are you doing? We just cleaned that." And then, uh, and and that's probably how they were found. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems. Uh, I mean, I, I get the idea of uh, of a law saying that you can't spread them uh, without a property owner's permission. But you know, by the same token, um, I don't think most people. I don't know how most people handle it. I, I've only been involved in one situation like this where um, the entirety of the ashes that the individual left behind uh, by being cremated mm-hmm. were not all dumped in one place. They were, <coughs> excuse me, they were, uh, in fact, they were portioned out. And a number of different people received a very small amount mm. of ash to spread wherever they wanted to, and it was unnoticeable once it was poured out. It you know gets either taken into the wind or or spread out on the ground. And the, the the two times that I've spread ashes, we spread the whole kit and caboodle. The whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we we spread it into the ocean. Well, that's different. And because yeah. uh, you don't have to get anyone's permission to dump it in the ocean. Yeah, and it's and- not all going to sit in one place. No, it it doesn't. It actually kind of, uh, you know, washes into the ocean and Mm -hmm. and, and, then, you know, settles and becomes part of the ocean floor. But I would think that if you were going to use a a private land or private building to dump ashes, I mean, just basic courtesy would be, hey, would you... This was my. Uh, this was Grandpa's last uh, last wishes. Mm. Would you allow us to scatter uh, these ashes on your property? They all which, say no. Which would normally be littering. Yeah, they all. No, no professional sports facility would say yes. I'm to not that. even talking about sports facility. I'm talking about anything. Yeah, well, but it, it, it could be. A, it could be. Uh, you know, someone's backyard. Yeah, but I mean, if you have a if you have a friend or a family member who was say a big fan of a particular team, and you. Uh, cremate that individual and think to yourself, boy, that this person really loved this team. <clears throat> I wonder if maybe I could spread ashes there. It is, uh, what's that saying? It is easier to beg for permit, uh, beg for forgiveness than, than to ask, ask for, for permission. permission. Yeah. Yeah. Except you're you know, when, you, when you're way. scattering ashes, it's, it's not like they're, you're going to have you go down on the field and pick it all up. No, right. You right. Can, I mean, who could do that? And what are they going to do even? Uh, you know, maybe spray the ground where the ashes went. They're not going down there with a, a Hoover vacuum and sucking them all up again. No. Certainly not on a, not on a grass field. On a grassy sur- Maybe on, on some sort of synthetic yeah. uh, surface, uh, mm-hmm. AstroTurf, you have an easier time. Yeah. But and then, I, I, not without permission. And then the uh, the, the more interesting story, I, fo- I thought anyway, because this one uh, includes a video uh, Philly fans get arrested for having sex in bathroom stall during Eagles Panthers game, and uh, apparently, uh, well, first of all, it was obvious that something was going on when it was very clear because you know bathroom stall walls don't go to the floor. So uh, whether there was noise being made or simply the fact that someone went, "Hey, uh, there's four feet underneath that stall wall." 
two of them pointing in one direction and the other two pointing in the opposite direction. I think there might be two people in there. Or maybe they were making noise because, after all, they were having sex. So somebody, or many bodies, obviously, take out their phones and start videotaping. And simultaneously, someone else goes and gets the cops. So uh, the video kind of kind of starts out with uh, a group of fans all uh, standing there watching, looking at the four feet underneath the stall wall, and mm-hmm. there's one police officer on the scene at this point. And uh, I can't, I didn't listen to the audio, so I don't know if there is any. The officer then uh, approaches the stall, and he's not really tall enough. The officer isn't tall enough to see over the top of the door, but he clearly says something to the couple, you know, like, look, put your clothes on and come out here. And then uh, a second officer arrives, and and the, the person who's filming this, by the way, also then turns the phone to show the crowd. Mm-hmm. There's a good-sized crowd that has uh, gathered in the men's room. And then it fl- the the video flips a little bit. There's a second officer in there, and now the couple is being escorted out of the stall. She's a she's a cute little thing. Well, that may very well be true, but you know what? I uh, I still question their judgment. First of all, you spent how much for tickets to get into this game? And they probably got them for free. No, I don't think I don't uh, make that assumption. Uh, you got uh, you got tickets that spent uh, that that required at least a little bit of money, probably some money to park your car. Uh, you're watching Ben Roethlisberger probably have his best game of the season with uh, 253 yards, 15 completions, and two touchdowns. And uh, while he was sacked, that would have been a little bit more interesting for the cost than having to squeeze into a restroom stall to do something that you probably could have done in the car on the way back home. Hey, they might have done it. They, <clears throat> excuse me. They might have done it in the car on the way to the game. This is a young couple. They look like they might have done it each quarter. Um, I, right, I don't know a, when in, in the game this is. In a game where Ben Roethlisberger works his way up to a 120.9 quarterback rating, seems to me that's the game that you sit in the stands and pay attention. Yeah, well. Uh, Sexy time can happen anytime. Ben Roethlisberger playing a great game at his age against uh, the Denver Broncos, please. The uh, While a growing group stood outside the stall door with their phones out, two police officers entered the room to break up the action. After knocking on the stall door, the couple emerged fully clothed. The male counterpart was quickly handcuffed. Yeah, it is kind of interesting how uh, the male is immediately handcuffed. The girl is not. Yeah. And it's also not reported. Well, it's not reported whether either one of them was arrested, but he was the one who was handcuffed at first. And uh, let's see. Doesn't appear to be enough excitement for the Philly fans. The fact that the Phillies won the game, they needed to have more excitement like what happened in the men's room. Hey, you know what? It's well. I mean, are they uh, suggesting that he was the aggressor in this uh, sexual exchange? Well, it's the men's room, so I would think so. Yeah, uh, but see, she was clearly a consent consenting party. Well, I'm going to guess she's the one. This was probably her idea. Might have been because a, a dude would probably want to sit there and and watch the game as the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Denver Broncos 27-19. Yeah, this could have been uh, this could have been halftime. There's a good sized crowd in the bathroom. So I'm guessing it might you have been You can't half-time. get to a bathroom stall during halftime. Everybody's in there. No, that's what I mean. You'd be waiting around forever. Mm-hmm. By the time you actually get to the bathroom, third quarter's already halfway over. And the horny's been knocked out of you. Yeah. Listen, I'm not if I'm watching the Steelers about to beat the Broncos, I'm not even getting a horny until the final score. Yeah. Yeah. That's well. a fact. 
uh, like I said, cute, uh, cute young gal here. Little, uh, little pair of Daisy Dukes going on there. It's uh, six twenty-three with Bax and O'Brien to Rock One Hundred Twenty-Seven with Bax and O'Brien to Rock One Hundred Two. Well, we got uh, Nick Kochi and uh, Nate, uh, Nate Costa. Costa. Busy oh, yeah. day. It is a busy day. Uh, yeah, the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds are about to begin their season. They got a big, uh, big to do this weekend. Uh, we got a great prize pack. We'll tell you about uh, that coming up for Thursday. A uh, lot going on. Yeah, with the Thunderbirds. In the meantime, let's laugh. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Joke of the day brought to you by Crazy J at the Buy Center of Enfield at Gale Toyota. They still want your car. Give them a call today. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's Classic Rock. Well, like I said yesterday, pretty much phoning them in at this point. So, you ready for a few uh, small ones? Oh, how can I how can I pass up that sales job? What does a baby computer call its father? I don't know. Data. <laughs> Data. <laughs> Data. How does a penguin build its house? I don't know. How does a penguin build its house? It glues it together. It glues it, glues it together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you call a fly without wings? I don't know. What do you call a fly without wings? A walk. A walk. Because <laughs> it can't fly. Yeah. What's the best way to carve wood? I don't know. What's the best way to carve wood? Whittle by whittle. Whittle by whittle. <laughs> I love a whittling Those joke. Those are some great <laughs> jokes. Booyah. 632 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by the North Atlantic States Carpenters Union. It's time to build. To learn more, visit nasrcc.org. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Traffic alert. Eat, road, hug. Out in uh, Westfield this morning at the intersection of Montgomery Road and Russellville Road it is closed due to a uh, utility pole being replaced uh, due to an accident overnight. So stay oh, away from Oh, boy. Me. That's going to be some major headaches. Uh, actually, yeah, it's, it is a pretty busy intersection. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's accident season. Accident season out in Westfield. It seems that's where that's when everybody waits to have, uh, get their accidents. I must have seen like six accidents over the weekend, uh, just driving by. Did you cause them? Yeah, I'd be turning around and going, "Oh my god, look what I just did!" Yeah, yeah, that's how you see so many of them. Are uh, are people being distracted by the uh, the breathtaking majesty of uh, of uh, Westfield? You know the. Leaf peeping, the uh, architecture. The leaf peeping. Leaf peeping. None of you, none of you, it's not even good out in Western Mass this year. No. It will be maybe in a couple of weeks. I don't know about that. They're saying between the heat and the rain, it uh, has dampened the colors. Yeah, but eventually they all turn color and they fall off. Yeah, but yeah. not quite as vibrant. Uh, Less and also, vibrant. And also the, the season is shorter. Yeah. Yeah, but so... Um, because, like, uh, like, Jenny was in Vermont over the weekend, and uh, she sent some pictures back, and, man, beautiful. Snow. No, not snow. Just a lot of, a lot of uh, beautiful foliage. Yeah. Foliage. Foliage. I call foliage. it foliage. No, foliage would be, like, if you were putting foil over some leftovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's spoiled food inside foil. That, that, would, be, that would be spoilage. Yeah. Uh, police in Longmeadow are reminding residents to avoid coyotes after an increase in sightings around town. Please be advised that the department cannot do anything about these animals unless they are posing a danger to residents or pets. The department said on their Facebook post, they added that coy- uh, coyotes 
are more frequently seen and heard during mating season, which is January through March, and when juveniles start leaving the family family pack from September through November. Oh, the kids are off to school. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. They're finally, uh, the, the parents are empty nesters. Coyotes can sometimes be spotted crossing yards or streets. Coyote behavior and sightings are not unusual, police said, especially in neighborhoods with open spaces where they naturally hunt for their prey. And yet people will call 911 in Longmeadow because there's a coyote walking through the woods. No, no, no. That's not a coyote. That's my dog, Rusty. Come here, Rusty. Yeah. yeah. What about all that mange around his mouth? Want some, uh, want some uh, pork chops we made last night, Rusty? Like Come somebody here. sitting out on a front lawn feeding what they think is a loose German shepherd. Yeah. Turns out to actually be a coyote. You know, I uh, I, I think when you move to Longmeadow, I'm not talking about like uh, you know, people who have been there forever. I'm talking about like people who move into Longmeadow. You're probably not thinking that you're going to see much wildlife in that town. Although I, I got to tell you, the only time I've actually hit a deer mm. uh, in this area yeah. was right there on Route 5 in Longmeadow. I hit one on uh, Converse Street. See, yeah. there's there's wildlife all over Longmeadow. Well, also when your town borders something called Forest Park, I think you can uh, assume that parts of the town are going to have wildlife in it. Yeah, that's reasonable to, to mm-hmm. expect. Yeah, uh, Enfield police have been dealing with several complaints due to unregistered dirt bikes on public roadways over the past few months. Welcome well, to the I, real world. I was gonna say, yeah, what are you complaining about? Have you been through downtown Springfield? According to the uh, department, on October 4th, a suspect in the Green Manor area of town had uh, been exceeding speed limits, doing wheelies, and disregarding motor vehicle laws. Otherwise, having a great time. Well, it looks like enjoying the weather. Uh, Anytime an officer would attempt to initiate a traffic stop, the suspect would speed up and start a pursuit. Uh, The police uh, department states that they would not pursue the suspect. For their safety and the safety of others on the road, the suspect was identified after an investigation and was given a ticket for uh, multiple th- violations. So oh, There you go. They found him. Well, yeah, but uh, there's still an issue with the dirt bike riders. Well, yeah, but if you catch one, it's, it's a good start. It's a nice start. Yeah, the word's you- going to get out. But you know what? The word may get out, but everybody who uh, fancies themselves to be a dirt biker mm. probably thinking, well, that idiot got caught. That would never happen yeah. to me, so I'm just going to go pop wheelies and in major intersections all day long. You know, uh, we were talking about that story a couple of weeks ago, and I don't even actually know what happened with it. Uh, it was about that guy who did the uh, the exhaust in the faces of the bicyc- bicyclists, mm-hmm. and then they all crashed, and then he crashed into them. Mm-hmm. What, is that type of exhaust legal? You mean it was some kind of a, of a intentional release of exhaust? Yeah, you ever see the... I, I don't even know how that really works. I mean, I've only seen that on 007. Yeah, well, this is uh, these are pickup trucks. I, I, ju- I just saw one in Chicopee like a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Uh, it's They're you know, souped-up pickup trucks, and then they have the... It's like the diesel engine, and they do something to the engine, and all this black smoke comes out. Uh-huh. Hmm. It was There was a term for it, and I can't remember it now. Smoking? It is something like that. It's smoking or uh, clouding. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's something. Yeah. But but I, how are these uh, these vehicles legal? Like, how are these I people not getting pulled over? Well, you were a cop. We're trying yeah, to ask. Yeah, that doesn't mean he knows anything about d- the law. Didn't happen back then. 
Didn't happen back in those days. I'm just trying to back in those days. Mm -hmm. Only eight years ago. Yeah, exactly. It was a long time ago in technology. I remember that night. <laughs> I lost six of my men. Uh-huh. Yeah. Asian Korea. A Louisiana task force is working to gather vaults and caskets disrupted from their burial sites by Hurricane Ida and rebury them. The storm came ashore on August 29th. Cemetery Response uh, Task Force Chairman Ryan Seidelman said members start surveying cemeteries as soon as they can after a storm to assess damage. But in Louisiana, most people are buried above ground. Right, but the floodwaters destroyed a lot of that, those above-ground tombs. So you okay, had to, so they're not looking to rebury them. They're looking to reinter them. Yeah. Inter, inter them. In some cases, storm surge or flooding from heavy rain can move the vault so far that it's not immediately clear where they were buried. In the aftermath of a hurricane, Sittleman says uh, having remains displaced is like opening up old wounds for families. Hmm. Yeah, I would imagine it's a real bummer. And gross, too. Well, what's gross about it? Well, I mean, you the know. Box, you, the big box in the water. I know, but do you op does the box get open? Probably it, not. Does, does the box get destroyed? Probably not. It's sealed. My guess is it probably is just like a, a floating box. Uh, going back to the exhaust thing, it's called rolling coal. Rolling coal. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Yeah. It's where you get the diesel truck and you're... Yeah. And then all this black smoke comes out. It's cool. No, it's actually kind of a jerk, uh, you know, what thing to do. You know what I mean? Uh, what's the you know what part? Uh, I was going to, there was a word with jerk. Oh, oh I see. With, oh, uh, I got it. Like jerk yeah. store? Yeah. yeah, jerk store. Yeah, I would have I would have gone with jerk store. Well, either way, uh, I mean, you know, that's what you do on purpose. Mm. You go up next to people and you release your exhaust. Right. Because it's fun, man. I Real got fun. them. Taught them a lesson. Uh, authorities say a six-year-old boy died after he and two siblings started a fire in a play fort made from a set of concrete steps atop a flatbed trailer. The state fire marshal's office in Louisiana said uh, Monday that the children used a lighter to set fire to a small pile of combustible objects as though it was a campfire. They had covered a hollow prefabricated set of steps as their play fort. The fire marshal says the boys' nine-year-old and four-year-old siblings escaped. When Geismar firefighters and uh, sheriff's deputies arrived, they found the flatbed in a cargo trailer and its contents ablaze. See, that's what happens when you start doing play forts in the middle of the woods. Yeah, yeah. No. In Louisiana. There's a lot of uh, Louisiana news this morning. Huh. Why? Is there another one? Well, yeah, because I there wasn't much locally going on. There wasn't much locally. Yeah. Lots local you going on. You see on 22 News the story of the uh, the bull elk with the tire around its neck for the last two years? Yeah, I ha I do have that story. Mm -hmm. But that's not local. No, but it's off of a local uh, off a local news thing. Well, yeah. West, uh, Western Mass celebrates Indigenous People Day. It's National Coming Out Day. Facts. Do you have something to tell us? I don't actually. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, but these are the same stories I can get from any other service. Yeah, but they're much better from Twenty Two. How do you pose that? Well, we all know that it's been years, Stephen. We know this. The uh, body of a Louisiana state trooper oh. who was shot to death in an ambush early Saturday was not discovered until 5 p.m. that day. State Police Superintendent Lamar Davis and investigators believe Trooper Adam Gaubert 
was killed while he was in a parked patrol unit after working a crash scene. Gaubert was one of the victims in a series of shootings uh, authorities attribute to 31-year-old Matthew Meyer, who was captured Saturday night. Davis said one reason Gaubert's death went undiscovered for hours was that only emergency radio traffic was being used as Meyer was on the loose, meaning Gaubert wasn't expected to check in at the end of his shift. Did you see that story? No, actually, I did not. He doesn't read any Louisiana stories. Yeah. No, I boycott them. Well, they're saying, I mean, I watched the thing on, uh, I think it was CNN, about the how crazy this shooting scene got. Like, this guy was going all over the place committing all kinds of shootings, you know? Mm. So when you have chaos in all different... It's, it wouldn't be unusual to think that they wouldn't discover this guy until five o'clock that night. Well, yeah, they would. When you have something like this going on, you would you would clear the channel of uh, of unnecessary conversation so that only officers are speaking about this particular situation they're involved in, and not unlike uh, the young officer up at uh, I forget if it was BU or BC, the one that was killed by the uh, marathon bombers. Um, they probably ambushed. He was probably ambushed. We should probably Never try, saw it coming. Yeah, we should try to clear this channel of unnecessary conversation. Mm, well, I mean, that's not going to happen. No, not, not at all. <laughs> Colorado wildlife officials say an elusive elk that has been wandering the hills with a car tire around its neck for the last two years has finally been freed of the obstruction. The four-and-a-half-year-old 600-pound bull elk was spotted near Pine Junction southwest of Denver on Saturday evening and tranquilized. Colorado Parks and Wildlife officers had to cut the elk's five-point antlers to remove the encumbrance because they couldn't slice through the steel in the bead of the tire. It's now, do they remove the tire or they just rotate the tire? I think they just rotated it. Give it better balance? Well, he's got another 65 miles before he has to come back and they have to do it again. Those, ra- those radials are pretty yeah. good. Right. What how he got it on there. Well, and, he's had- and my guess is for two and a half years, how many antlers can grow in two and a half years? Uh, well, you know, probably enough to make it impossible to remove. Right. That's what so, I mean. So, I mean, yeah, I, he may have gone in there with very small antlers, uh, manageable, reasonable, probably probably just had a trim it's up like, on top. It's and, like when you see a tree growing through the sidewalk, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife Officers at the Cut It, uh, yeah, yeah. It's the estimated the elk uh, shed about 35 pounds with the removal of the tire. Oh, see, there you go. You Look automatically lost weight. It's the elk's diet. Yeah. Usually the elk's diet I know is sitting down and rolling dice and eating pickled eggs and having a PBR and a <laughs> shot of old crow to go with it. Maybe a bowl of uh, pretzels, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this is a bull elk. Pretzels and hot dogs and everything else. And sawdust bowling. You know, uh, I they still have a machine. Uh-huh. I've seen it. Yeah. But it's not in use. Uh, why is it not in use? I don't know if it probably needs repair because this didn't have like a, obviously the thing would keep score when you rolled it over that little spring. Right, right. right. So I think I think that's uh, what's going on with Damn it. Damn it! Can't but, find a good sawdust bowling repairman these days. Well, they're out there though. Uh, cops in uh, Titusville, Florida, were out on patrol around 2 a.m. last Thursday when they spotted a fairly large fire in the middle of the road. The flames were four feet high, and the fire was right in front of a man's house, so they figured he had something to do with it, especially since he was out drinking on his porch and holding a sword for some reason. Oh, boy. Good old Florida, huh? Yeah, yeah. The man's name is Scott Taylor. He's 37 years old. According to police, he kept drinking as they talked to him and started chugging from a half a gallon of Captain Morgan. Good for you, sir. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Don't even stop when the cops show up. Oh, 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 oh. 
<laughs> Wasn't it? Got a little captain in you? Yeah. Yep. He eventually agreed to drop the sword and also a knife that was in his waistband, but he couldn't explain why he started the fire or he was just too drunk to remember. It turns out he's been cited for illegal burns five other times in the past six months, oh. so this time they arrested him. He's a little bit of a pyro. And once they got him to jail, he intentionally broke a sprinkler and flooded his holding cell. That's he's ironic. He, that very same sprinkler could have put out that fire. He's facing charges <laughs> for reckless burning of lands and felony criminal mischief. He's uh, he's, he's quite the go-getter. He is. Uh, that's for sure. He's a very busy guy. And if you see this guy's mugshot, mm. he looks like he's been drinking from a bottle of Captain Morgan all day long. <laughs> he's got this, like, look to him. And it well, might not be his first bottle. No. He's drinking by the gallon. How much is how much can the can a human body sustain of that? Not much. Well, it depends on your tolerance level. Your your Pioneer Valley forecast today foggy this morning. Then uh, that's tapering off into sunny skies with a high of seventy three. Tomorrow more of the same with a high of seventy four. It's fifty right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock one hundred two. Ah, yeah, Springfield's classic rock. It's six fifty four, and the doors on Rock one hundred two. Couple of nice days, sunshine and clouds today. Uh, a high of seventy three, but morning fog to deal with first, and then tomorrow. Kind of the same, maybe without the fog. It is uh, 51 right now in downtown Springfield. Hockey is back in uh, Springfield this Saturday, the 16th. Hang out with the Rock 102 Road Crew as the Springfield Thunderbirds open up their their season at the Mass Mutual Center against the Hartford Wolfpack. The Road Crew will be there with the Community Bank NA for the pregame block party from 4 until 6 at Court Square. Trailer trash will be there. Games, prizes, fun, and did I say trailer trash trailer already? Trailer trash? Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's opening night at the Springfield Thunderbirds this Saturday against the Hartford Wolf Pack. Make sure you go to that uh, big block party. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll be talking to Nate Costa later on this morning give you more uh, details about what they're doing. Weird how uh, things are back after uh, being missed for a year or longer. Boston Marathon yesterday. Um a whole bunch of people, you know, that that the the Hoyts. Remember the father and son yep. who uh, did that? I didn't realize, you know, for whatever reason, they got an awful lot of publicity. Um, but they were not the only ones doing that. And now that they didn't do it this year, the father passed away a few months ago and the son uh, has stopped. They focused on this mother-daughter couple. But then last night, ABC News did this. Uh, they do this Made in America feature all the time come to find out one of the biggest manufacturers of those chairs that are used in these marathons are made in dudley right here in uh, dudley massachusetts how about that yeah yeah but uh there's there's a number of people who do that race that way in fact there was somebody who did the chicago one last weekend and then uh rather over the weekend and then did the one in boston on monday in in one of those chairs. Yeah, that's uh that's that's a lot. That's a lot in two days. Yeah, I don't think they pushed it from Chicago to Boston, although I don't know for certain that they didn't. Well, I think it would be very hard to do. I, I think uh it would be exhausting even for the guy sitting down. That that's a that's a long road. Yeah, yeah, that is uh plus, you know, I mean what do you use? The breakdown lane, the travel I I don't know. I, I don't maybe just uh, side streets. Mm-hmm. It's just about 6.57 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. 
And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your neighborhood paint store. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, I don't know if you are aware of this, but we live in some pretty hypersensitive times. The last thing you'd want to do these days is hurt somebody's feelings or be culturally insensitive or politically incorrect or socially offensive. The problem is that many people fail to see the error of our own insensitivities despite occasionally being critical of others for doing the same exact stuff. For example, Raiders head coach John Gruden decided yesterday to resign after a string of 10-year-old emails suddenly became public, many of which are filled with an offensive deluge of racist, misogynistic, and anti-gay language. And while I would love to read some of those emails to you, I cannot help but feel that we would be better kept to myself. Let's just say that in these 10-year-old emails, John Gruden goes full steam ahead on blatantly offending nearly everyone, using inappropriate language, imagery, epithets, you name it. Now you might say, but Baxi, these emails came out in 2011, 10 years ago, back when our society was less woke and culturally aware than it is right now. Is it fair to castigate a guy without acknowledging the context of the time in which they were written? To which I would say, nice try on that one. Remember, these emails were written almost four years after Don Imus lost his job for making idiotic statements about the women's basketball team at Rutgers. And while I'm sure of it, John Gruden never thought that these private emails would be up for public scrutiny after a full decade, the truth is those emails would have been offensive back then too. Ten years later, Gruden releases a statement saying, I love the Raiders and I do not want to be a uh, distraction. He also said, I never meant to hurt anybody. Of course not. Who does? And yet, you still hit the send button every single time. Listen, if the only way you can express yourself is by writing offensive emails, then don't send emails. Instead, try this. How about applying an intellectual filter that sifts away those nuggets of insensitivity before they all become blasting out of your mouth and all over your keyboard? Seems to me that would have been very helpful in a situation like this. But hey, and never my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Have you used the visualizer at the paint studio at Rocky's yet? You can select a scene or upload a picture of your own and see what the paint color on that little chip actually looks like in the real world. Very cool. Try the visualizer today at the paint studio at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Classic Rock at 709 and Van Halen on Rock 102. My headphones is upside down. Ah, okay. Hang on. There we go. Good. Uh, all better. Uh, you all, you're all set now? Sun and clouds today with a high of about 73. It's uh, 51 in downtown Springfield. On the phones right now, it is always a pleasure to uh, to welcome back uh, Sheriff Nick Kochi. Good morning, Sheriff. How are you? Good morning, back. Hey, John. How are you? Good, good. What's up with you? Well, you tell me. Oh, you're the one who called us. Well, no, we we <laughs> made arrangements. It's the uh, so there's a uh, there's a, a thing that you are are involved in the uh, the Jay Karen Community Impact Foundation is hosting this uh, alumni uh, lacrosse game. Tell us about that and and, and tell us about your uh, relationship with Jay. Yeah, it, it, thanks, Bax. Uh, uh, October sixteenth this Saturday from uh, at six o'clock at the East Long Meadow, um, you know, high school turf field. They're going to have a an alumni men's lacrosse game, and it's really about just trying to raise some funds, get people together for the uh, Jay Karen Community Impact Foundation. It was a foundation that was started by uh, myself and, and some staff uh, 
that really would give back to the community. Uh, many families uh, try to promote music and, and the arts, um, band, uh, athletics, for ju- not just the youth, but also for our seniors. And, um, you know, when Jay passed, uh, I couldn't think of any better way to honor Jay than to uh, rename the uh, Impact Foundation after Jay. You know, you sit back and, and you look at uh, the passing of Jay Karen and the passing of Andy E. These are two philanthropists in our area. Um, uh, and quite frankly, what I've concerned about, and I say this to the governor when I talk to him and to many of Andy's friends and Jay's friends, is who's coming up in the wings? Um, what these men have done for our community in their generosity in, in which they've done it um, is remarkable. And they've done so much good uh, for not just Hamden County, but for Western Massachusetts. And, you know, I sit back at times and I, I really miss both of them um, because uh, they always uh, uh, would, would, would surround you with a smile, a joke, a laugh, but most importantly, with kindness. So uh, this is just a very simple uh, way to honor my good friend Jay. He's, uh, you know, quite frankly, uh, uh, one of my uh, best friends and advisors when I was even running for sheriff, you know, a, a beacon of doing things the right way, keeping you on target, on pace, um, above reproach. So these are the type of people that uh, have been taken from us way too soon, and they've left the void. And uh, I want to thank you for allowing me to come on and just uh, mention this uh, event on Saturday because, really, uh, we're hoping to get a, a great turnout, whether you knew Jay or you didn't. Um, I would think that every person in our community is about giving back to the community, working towards uh, supporting, um, you know, uh, the less uh, the less uh, franchised and, and more the disenfranchised, than giving them the opportunity to have all the amenities and opportunities that uh, some of our privileged uh, community uh, youths uh, have had. When you, when you say it's alumni, you're not talking about like uh, you know guys our age playing lacrosse, are you? Because oh, I, I can't even imagine Jesus. putting you know strapping on the equipment for that thing and, and throwing balls with sticks. Let me tell you, Bax. If you show up with a lacrosse stick, okay, I'll pony up a grand <laughs> right then. <and> there. <laughs> well, you might want to wait a while. <laughs> it, uh, in the press release, it points out that uh, admission is uh, to the event is free. We are uh, still dealing somewhat with uh, with covid and the uh, press release also points out that it will be socially distanced how is how is that happening well i mean if you're familiar with uh, east Sun meadow i was just there for a soccer game last weekend it's an absolutely beautiful facility at the high school there's plenty of room to uh, socially distance uh, we are outside we all know that the outside mandate for masks is not uh, as it is on the inside uh, we will be uh, offering everybody the comfort level that they need so it's free to come in. Uh, there'll be a raffle. There'll be opportunity to sit down, uh, maybe just talk a little bit about some of the stories you knew about Jay, and then watch, you know, as, as Back said, you know, watch some of uh, uh, the alumni lacrosse players see if they still got it, so to speak. And you know, quite frankly, most of them still do. Uh, they still can play the game, and uh, it should be a, uh, just a, a really fun evening. It's going to be a, hopefully nice weather, and um, you know, like I said, uh, from a raffle perspective and just looking for people to come in and if you if you feel that uh, if you feel moved and you want to throw a, a contribution you can do that you know speaking of uh of covid there was a story that came out that uh, the 22 did uh, a few days ago that the uh, the sheriff's department and even uh springfield amr are uh, struggling to find workers and that's not so unlike a lot of different sectors of our economy and 
other people really struggling to find people to take jobs that are that are necessary. Tell us what what you are what's going on there as far as staffing goes with the the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, we've made a major effort uh, over the uh, weeks of the Big E, um, as well as through the home shows, uh, to put some recruiting tents up and to man it uh, almost every hour of the day. And, um, you know, for, you know, several um, weeks over at the Big E, I think we pulled out maybe, if we were lucky, about 47 applications. And, again, these are applications that are just uh, trying to, uh, start the process. It has been extremely difficult to find people that want to come in and start to do uh, correctional work. Um, we're losing uh, good men and women to uh, opportunity for police departments, and the you know through attrition, the, the as quick as they're leaving, we can't find replacements, and that's a real struggle for us. And people want to ask, well, what's the difference? And yes, COVID's part of it. Um, part of the um, you know, the incentive to stay home and make money is certainly part of it. And we're hoping to get by that and get people back to work. But the other piece is the police reform and the criminal justice reform where uh, people are graduating from college. They're, they've done a great job. They've uh, got good grades and they're ready to move on to a career. And many of them aren't looking for a career in police work or corrections work anymore because of the scrutiny that's there. Um, and, um, I can only tell you that uh, there's some really good pieces to the legislation that hold people accountable, and that's a good thing. But there's other pieces that make our job very difficult. And I would have uh, recommended to the legislature maybe a little bit more communication and consultation with the practitioners, the people that do the work, to get us to where we wanted to be. But, yeah, uh, it's been very, very difficult to find people that want to come in and be correctional officers. I can get people uh, to be nurses. I can get people to come in and and, and, and want to be an administrative uh, assistant or uh, a person to work in payroll or things like that. But I'm really struggling to get people in on the security side of things that want to come in and take on that responsibility uh, where they got to maintain order and care and custody every day because it comes with a unbelievable scrutiny uh, and one bad move, one wrong technique uh, could cost you your career. But in, but inmates, uh, by and large, are pretty understanding when it comes to staff shortages, aren't they? I mean, they understand. Yeah, yeah, they understand. Uh, they, they certainly know uh, our situation as well as we do. And, uh, and really what, what's concerning to me, um, and this happens in the military a lot, when you're on post uh, for consecutive hours and consecutive shifts, um, at the end of those second shifts, you're not at your A game. You're tired. Um, you're you're fatigued mentally and physically, and this is where mistakes are made. So we're very cognizant of trying to get our men and women in and out of the facility, uh, trying to get them proper relief. But it's very difficult to do when you're short staffed, and it's very difficult to honor days off and things like that. So that's a concern of mine. So you know, getting inside and um, having the supervisors talk to our staff and trying to find ways to. Um, increase and improve on our staffing pattern is a, is an everyday battle here, but you, you can see how it can start to wear on people, and then you know mistakes are made, and they're not made with intention, but they're made, and then unfortunately they have to be dealt with. Do you or uh, any of the other sheriffs or the governor, for that matter, uh, have a mandate uh, for employees to be vaccinated? We do not have a mandate. Uh, I'm very proud of my staff. We're over 72 percent. Uh, um, vaccinated as far as the staff go, and uh, we feel very good about that. And we have uh, actually, to, to date, I think we have maybe one positive staff case 
uh, and I don't believe we have any uh, offender cases. Um, so so we're, we feel good about that. There is no other sheriff's office in the Commonwealth that has a mandate. Um, the Department of Corrections does. Um, they're going through a very difficult time right now, figuring out what it's going to look like uh, this coming week. Uh, the National Guard's been called up, and they're going to be prepared to uh, do what they have to do to make sure that operations continue. I, um, I'm confused. But, do, do, do the county... Do the county jails not fall under the Department of Corrections jurisdiction? We do not. Uh, as, a, as an elected uh, executive branch official, uh, we do not fall under the Department of Corrections when it comes to, to uh, supervision. We do uh, conform to the DOC uh, CMRs, which is uh, audit purposes and standards. But as uh, the 14 sheriffs are, we are independent uh, of our own and run the f- facilities how we see fit. Um, so even though our staff are state uh, employees, uh, we do not fall under the mandate of the governor. This is uh, Hennon County Sheriff Nick Kochi on the phone. So it, it's been a while since the last time we talked to you, and that was right before uh, or as you were deciding what to do uh, in terms of uh, the safety of the courthouse. Where where are you standing on that right now? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it, it's not good, but it's good enough to continue business. So. I have my uh, my health and safety captain along with my major in transportation. Uh, every week, week and a half, are down there uh, taking a look and in, in, in inspecting the lockup. And as of right now, they've been doing a good job keeping it uh, clean as far as from mold and, and, and any type of uh, visual uh, concerns we can see. Now, there's no question, just last week we had the uh, Judge Boyle uh, walk-run and uh, when I was talking with uh, 22 News, I said, let's make it very clear that this run is also about a new courthouse. There is no uh, question that the building is sick. It's yielded some serious, serious health concerns and some, uh, in, in, in my opinion, okay, senseless deaths of people that are our friends, families, and our loved ones. So this shouldn't be personal to Boston, but it is absolutely personal to us here. So um, right now, um, we're moving inmates to the courthouse. The lockup is functionable, but it's not good. It, it's not a long-term solution. It's short-term, and it, we're, we're managing it and making it work. Well, I mean, when you think of the lightning speed that the, uh, that the state had in closing the York Street Jail and relocating uh, the facility out to Ludlow, I mean, what, what was that, like a, week, a weekend, wasn't it? <laughs> You know, John, it's a great point. I mean, when things happen uh, out east, things happen uh, quicker. And out here in Western Mass, they don't. It's just the way it is. We can complain about it. We can uh, call them out on those type of shenanigans. But the bottom line is that it happens. But it's up to us elected officials and the people that are in positions where uh, we can have a voice and it is important that we continue to beat the drum and say it's not fair, continue to challenge Eastern Mass and say, hey, look, uh, Western Massachusetts still is part of the Commonwealth. Sure. Maybe it shouldn't be. <laughs> Maybe we need to secede. <laughs> Maybe it's time. Maybe it's an overdue thought. Well, I think that's all because of the show that uh, on, on 102. Uh, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the connection <laughs> even is. but yeah. Sheriff Nick Coach, it's great to talk to you. Best of luck with the, uh, with the Jay Karen uh, uh, lacrosse fit tournament. 
Thanks, guys. Have a great week. All right, you too. It's right. 722 in Rock 102. Hey, Carla, and Talia, and O'Brien of Rock 102. Uh, have you seen this uh, no, story I about have, the... Uh, uh, stop it. Stop it. What's wrong with you? Uh, this uh, couple down in Virginia that have been arrested um, basically for spying. He was like a defense contractor who uh, offered, they just keep saying it, an unnamed third country uh, or, or an unnamed other country, rather, um, plans about one of our most advanced nuclear submarines. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. One, first of all, they said that this submarine can stay submerged for months at a time. Months. Months? Yeah. It's uh, like, I how do they get that much food onto a submarine? I mean, I don't know what the average size of a crew of a submarine is, but you, you got men and women down there. You got to feed them. And, uh, you know, all the food, you, 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 I just didn't, I wondered about that. The other weird thing about it is the country that they tried to sell these uh, secrets to came to the FBI and said, hey, uh, just thought you'd like to know uh, these people are doing this or they're offering us this, and then the FBI set up a sting. I find it interesting, and they're not naming the country. I, I find it very interesting to want to know who the country is mm-hmm. and what country would not take that kind of offer unless they thought they were getting set up for something. Well, that's probably it. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't trust these two either. Yeah, I you guess. Know? I mean, listen, it's it's one thing to be given secrets, but you don't know who these people are sometimes. Sometimes you got to, if you vet them and you realize, hey, you know what? They may be dirtbags all the way around. It might not just be, you know, uh, sympathizers to our country, but they may be sympathizers to other countries. Maybe they're looking for information that they sell to somebody else. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's uh, pretty wild. Though. Uh, I would not want to be down on a submarine for months. I, I couldn't do it for like a day. I, yeah, I couldn't. I, I wouldn't be able to get on anyway. I believe there's a height requirement, a height restriction, rather. Is there? I, I have I no. So. I, I've never been. I've eaten a submarine sandwich. Oh yeah, I've been to Subway. Yeah, I've been. But, to, well, that's, that's, but that's a yeah. Yeah, it's not know. exactly. Not the same thing. Different kinds of restrictions on that thing. But uh, yeah, no. I, I listen. Espionage is a dirty business. It can be. It's you don't know who to de- you don't know who to trust or who to deal with. Nope. It's like trying to find a good hitman. It's absolutely true. Next thing you know, it's an undercover cop, and mm-hmm. you're on Dateline six months later. And you have a record. You, nobody wants that. 729 News is next to Rock 102. 8 a.m. every Thursday. 733 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, Yankee Home is offering a free down payment coupon valued up to 1400 hours. Call today and mention Rock 102 for this special October offer. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bex. Uh, Springfield City Councilor Justin Hurst ran afoul of state law by charging more than $5,000 for car repairs, liquor, home improvements, seafood, and other personal expenses to his campaign account in August and September. Well, it sounds like he had a good time, that's all. Seafood? What kind of seafood? Like crab legs? Boy, those are delicious. Crab legs, uh, maybe lobsters. All right. All kinds of good stuff. Hearst, a former uh, council president and attorney from a politically connected family, said he charged around 20 items without realizing he was using his campaign debit card rather than his own. Ah, the colors are different. Not actually. Apparently, from the sounds of it, they're v- the only thing that's different is the name. 
Yeah, but you know, People's Bank and People's United. No, no, the name of the person. Apparently, one must say Justin Hurst, and the other must say Hurst Justin Hurst Committee. I get you. Yeah, but you know, uh, the thing is, uh, there are politicians in this world that get into big trouble for these kinds of uh, oversights, and you you can say, "Well, it's an accident." Still five thousand dollars from that uh, that account. You shouldn't be touching for that sort of thing. I didn't uh, expect this to come up in the news, and um, I, I I just don't know how comfortable I am having a conversation about it because I I kind of reached out to someone I thought would be able to offer me some insight, thinking first and foremost, as I always do now, how much of this story in in on Mass Live is accurate. How much of it is true? How much, how much more is missing from this story? And then, uh, secondly, you know, the guy, the guy, if you believe him that he made a mistake and he used the wrong card, he then immediately made amends and paid the money back. So then, my other question to this other individual was: Is that really a big deal? This is not like the West Springfield captain who takes all the money out of the evidence room and uses it to pay his bills off and replaces it with different money, even though, you know, he covered the amount of money that was missing. This is this is a little bit different than that. But how wrong is it? Well, what I can tell you is I I knew a guy many, many years ago who was a politician. Uh, And and obviously the scale here is a little bit different. Uh, it's a guy I went to college with. He was a politician in, in Wisconsin, and he used between twenty and forty thousand yeah. dollars worth of, of money from his campaign funds for his own personal expenses. Now he wound up uh, re- resigning from uh, from that position because, at the end of the day, that's not money you should be using for personal expenses. And whether it's a mistake or not. Good on on Justin for you know replenishing the funds he took, but you got to be more careful than that. It, it you know it, it's it's no excuse. It's no excuse, but like most crimes, intent means something. And if your friend was intending to use that money uh, to cover those expenses without you know knowing that he wasn't supposed to, and without any intention of replacing the money, right. then that's a criminal act. Except. Yeah, it all depend again, and I don't know how it applies here in in Massachusetts or whether it's about you know how much money you're using. But in some cases, these become federal charges. So, and and it all depends on how brazen it is. Yeah, you're right. Intent has something to do with it. But I'm pretty sure when any politician gets caught, you know, dipping their fingers in the campaign fund, they're all saying, "Well, I didn't know," or "I you know it's a, or it was a mistake." Yeah, yeah well, I, it, and that's it, why I was a little hesitant to even get into this. It, I mean, the, from what I read in the story, it sounds like it was just a bad management of money mm-hmm. versus, like you said, the intent part, right, of uh, of doing that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was looking to pull anything over on anybody. But if the laws are written so that you don't need to even entertain this gray area. You know, instead they say, well, look, we're going to pass this law that says you cannot use this money under any circumstances with or without intent, with or without planning to pay the money back. You just can't do it, period. 
you know, that that might be the case, too. I don't know. Well, I, I'm pretty sure the laws about campaign finances and their its, its usage mm-hmm. are pretty clear. And, and this should not have been money used for any personal matter. Although I got to tell you, I'd like to know what kind of liquor and seafood he's, he, he bought because he I can, I can understand a, those things. He strikes me as a Keystone Lake kind of guy. No, no, no. He's he's a little bit more upper scale than that. Oh, like a Johnny Walker Blue Label, perhaps? He's a pretty sophisticated guy. A uh, federal judge ruled that prison staffing levels will remain an issue in the Department of Justice's lawsuit against Alabama Corrections System. The U.S. Department of Justice last year sued Alabama saying male inmates live in unsafe prisons with excessive levels of violence. U.S. District uh, Judge David Proctor on Friday refused Alabama's request to dismiss staffing issues from the litigation. But Proctor agreed with state lawyers that some of the Justice Department's allegations were overly broad. He said the, the Justice Department must file the amended complaint within 45 days. We were just hearing about that from Nick Kochi about yeah. staffing levels. Yeah, there was a, a big article yesterday in the New York Times. Bill de Blasio, when he first became mayor, promised that he was going to close Rikers Island. Uh, Rikers Island in New York is a, is a complex of, I believe he said, six correctional facilities. And uh, it's been used for a very, very long time, much like the York Street jail situation. And like what Nick was saying with staffing levels, in, uh, in, in Rikers Island, they have such staffing issues that in some places the, uh, the inmates are allowed to roam, not allowed to roam freely, but they're roaming freely because there's not enough staff to keep them guarded. And because there's not enough staff, the staff that is there, uh, you know, are, are in fear of danger for their, for their lives, that if they do something uh, and then the inmates turn on them, there's not going to be any backup for them. And, and they, they're working double shifts and, in some cases, triple shifts, you know, 24 hours around the clock. And- yeah, you, you, you look at the, the headlines, uh, you know, the inmates of Rikers Island are in control of the jail. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not supposed to be Absolutely. the case. And then de Blasio goes out there again last month, and he doesn't go into any areas where inmates are. He's doing this, uh, this press thing. Where, you know, I'm going to go back out to the Rikers and uh, see something. Uh, he didn't see anything. He didn't go into any areas where there were inmates. Did he, was he prevented from seeing anything? No, or was no, this just a, Or was this just one of those, uh, you know, photo ops? Yeah. I'm here. Here's, see, I'm, I'm next to a sign. Yeah, I think that was it. That Ridiculous. Uh, Facebook, in the aftermath of damning testimony that its platforms harm children, will be introducing several features including prompting teens using its photo-sharing app Instagram to take a break and nudging them if they repeatedly look at the same content that's not conducive to their well-being. And how effective, Steve, do you think that's going to be? That's going to be met with zero effect. Zero effect at all. The Menlo Park, California-based Facebook is also planning to introduce new controls for parents uh, or gardens of teens on an optional basis so that adults can supervise what their teens are doing online. We can say the same thing about that. How well do you think that's going to work out? Uh, that'll have zero effect, Steve. This uh, comes after Facebook announced late last month that it was pausing work on its Instagram for Kids project, but critics say they are skeptical that the new features would be effective and that the plans lack details. It really, uh, you know, it's to make not going to you... be able to keep people off the platform, and nothing is foolproof. There's always going to be a kid that figures out how to 
get around of firewalls course. or any kind of parental control. This is this is to make the politicians feel good, like you know these hearings you know sparked major change at Facebook and Instagram. When in fact, kids are going to figure out how to get around all this stuff and use it the way they've always been using it. Yeah, uh, I just they're just trying to save face at this point. Of course they are. I think that gotta have face. Everybody wants to save face. Even Charlie Nash wanted to save face. All right. That's all right. That's enough out of you. A uh, Florida sheriff has advertised on social media some 700 pounds of marijuana that authorities wanted to return to its rightful owner. The tongue-in-cheek post on Facebook by the Brevard County Sheriff's Office argued that the office was just trying to do the right thing. Isn't that funny? It's it's found marijuana? Yes. They found uh, 770 pounds of marijuana. Uh, since the uh, since at the Brevard County Sheriff's Office, we always strive to do the right thing. Our narcotics agents are trying to identify the rightful owner of the approximately 770 pounds of marijuana that was seized from a mini storage facility in Vieira. Uh, I mean, trying to identify the rightful owner of the property is the very least we can do, especially since it has a street value of roughly $2 million. I bet there are people standing in line to claim it. I'm sorry. Did you say where they found it? In a storage facility. Oh, okay. Right. But nobody, they, uh, that, they obviously can't figure out who the owner of the storage facility right, is. Right, right. Uh, once we properly identify you as the rightful owner, we will gladly return your property and also make sure that both you and your property are kept in a secure area so no one can try to rip you off. Yeah, how, like how, our jail. So nice of them to do, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sure, why not? That's the public service. That's the kind of cops you want on the street. Well, it might be, you know, the person who owns the, uh, the storage uh, container uh, rented out half of his to a friend. You know, like when uh, when Kramer let uh, Newman have half of his storage container, and then Newman started filling it up with undelivered mail. Well, it's just junk mail. Oh, well, there really is no junk mail. But uh, you know, when you own a storage uh, container or bin, whatever you want to call it, uh, if you decide to start subletting out parts of it to other people. I, first of all, I'm not sure that that's allowed. I would say, I would think in the contracts with the storage facilities, that's probably not allowed. 750 pounds of it, though. I mean, you really do need storage. I mean, it's oh, a, hell yeah. I mean, like a normal house. Yeah, I mean, unless you've got a lot of closet space or some, you know, built ins. I mean, that's a lot. That's and a again, lot of weight. You've got to think about the smell. 750 pounds of marijuana is going to put off a hell of a smell. Yeah, but a really good smell. You know, mm. one of them Glade stick-ups should fight the, that smell pretty good. You need a whole bunch of them. I, uh, I, I, I've said it before. I can't stand the smell of the burnt marijuana, like, in large doses. Mm. Yeah. yeah. If I'm not smoking marijuana myself, walking around an area where, like, the Big E... More like the big weed. You were smelling weed at the big E? Oh, it was overwhelming and disgusting. Really? Yeah, mixed in with horse and elephant manure and uh <laughs> That's well, the not elephant manure. <laughs> no, but the BO of the people that were just, oh, yeah. you know, sloppy drunks hanging around. Oh, it was a great family day out. They didn't call it the big weed? That's what I'm saying. They yeah. should have. Uh, remember when people hated on their coworkers for calling in sick? Now you're just likely to be uh, thanked for it because of the whole COVID thing. 
but mm. uh, see if you can muster that sick day uh, anger again just for a second. Someone went through Google Trends data and ranked all 50 states according to how people often search for the phrase call in sick. They figured that anyone Googling it is probably planning to call in sick or looking for a better excuse than sorry I'm hungover. According to the results, the state where people are most likely to call in sick is Oregon. Oregon? Yeah. Why Oregon? I don't know. I guess they're a bunch of lazy people out in Oregon. Or they really like being home. The, they uh, have better alternatives than work. The 10 states that uh, call in sick the most are Oregon, Hawaii, Iowa, Kansas, Minnesota, Arkansas, New Mexico, Wisconsin, Nevada, and Colorado. Yeah, see? Uh, the exception of Colorado, I wouldn't want to live in any one of those states. And Hawaii. Nine states uh, tied for least likely to call in sick. Vermont, Rhode Island, Delaware, Maine, Alaska, Wyoming, West Virginia, South Dakota, and North Dakota. Massachusetts is 10th. On the least likely the list. Least, least likely? likely? Yeah. Mm. Well, why are we such a... Why are so many states in New England full of workaholics? Because no uh, what's your other choice? Yeah. Staying say, home and not working. I mean, if you live in Arkansas and New Mexico, there ain't nothing to do anyway. Right. Might yeah. as well stay home and get drunk all day. I mean, I can see, you know, staying home if you're living in Hawaii because... Oh, hell yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's Hawaii. Every, every corner of those islands is beautiful, except the... Active volcanoes, but you know who's counting that? And even that's beautiful. Yeah, of course, it is breathtaking. Yeah, Arkansas, especially when your lungs are filled with uh, like volcanic ash. Arkansas. Uh, hey, let's take the day off. We'll get a thirty pack of Keystone, and uh, we'll get some Tannerite and go do some target shoot out in the backyard. Did we just do that yesterday? Yeah, but we have more Tannerite. <laughs> And we're going to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, uh, the fog is going to Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 755. And John Mellencamp on Rock 102. I really uh, have very little to say. All right, well, then let me uh, let me try to fill in the gaps here. Rock 102 is bringing you New England Patriot football all season long. This Sunday, the Patriots host the Dallas Cowboys in Foxborough. The live country Nissan pregame show begins at 1.30. Kickoff scheduled for 4.25. Join Bob Sochi and Scott Zolak as they bring you all the play-by-play action. The Patriots play here on Rock 102. Yeah, I just um, I told you I told you a little while ago about how um, I have some pretty extensive uh, dental work that needs to be done. Uh, a good portion of it is probably caused by uh, chemotherapy, um, but I also have uh, a toothache. Right now, I'm going to see the dentist this afternoon, and uh, it just—it's so weird. I mean, it—it it, it comes and goes uh, with no real uh, trigger. It's not cold or warm, temperature based. Yeah. It's not that I bit into something. I haven't had anything uh, yet this morning other than gum, and I'm not chewing it on that side. You want to waste your time going to see a dentist or something like that? I know. Let me tell you something. I saw something on those three stooges. We could have that tooth out of your mouth in like five minutes. Well, that's the other thing I worry about is that— I need a string, a doorknob, and maybe a mallet. Yeah, no, that's for a loose tooth. This is is not loose, and— I believe they did say it might be one of two that should be extracted, and um, I'm at the and and I and I hate extractions of teeth so much that I would avoid it at almost all costs mm. until it becomes this painful. Now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, you need to pull it, pull it. It's just 
And it's one. It just started. It just started in the in the middle of uh, the Mellencamp song. Yeah, and it, and it can last for like an hour and then go away for twelve hours. My recollection is that it was either I don't know if it was Larry or Shemp tied a string around mm. Moe's tooth, mm-hmm. and uh, at some point they tied it against the doorknob because it was an it wasn't a loose tooth. It was yeah. a tooth ache. I mean, he was in pain, and then they they slammed the door, and I believe the door came off the hinges. Yeah. Well, or something like to, to something like that. We could do that here. Uh, yeah, I don't. First of all, it's a molar. I don't know how you'd get a string around it. Uh, I didn't say it was going to be easy. I just said it's a it's a, a quick way of doing it. But it's just it's one of those things where the the pain right yeah. now is just hey. so intense. Hey, what's the, what's the best time to go to the dentist? Uh, I don't know why. Tooth hurdy, get it? <laughs> Tooth hurdy. <laughs> <30. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah! Yeah, there you go, Steve. Yeah, that's good. Got you on that one, didn't you? Yeah. So you're going there today to have this thing pulled? I don't know if I'm going to have it pulled or or filled on one or the other. Yeah. I I don't know. Be a man. Suck it up. Get the whole thing. Get all your teeth taken out. It ain't about being a man. It's about having money. Um, Apparently, I have had no complaints about our medical insurance. You know, with my medical history of the last 10 years... No complaints, really. The dental insurance, that sucks. It's uh, 7.59 with Bax and O'Brien. Times at 12 and poison on Rock 102. <sighs> poison. Use some right now. <laughs> Will you stop? I'm telling you, this is, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's uh, for anybody who's paying attention, I think it's kind of obvious uh, I'm dealing with some issues. And, um... And now this 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 dental one has uh, risen to the to the forefront. Yeah, you know, you've been dealing with issues for sixty one years, though. Yeah. Let's 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 call it what it is. Up to and including yesterday, and um, and, and so you know, it, it's one of these things where you, you try to you try to measure the, the severity of of one thing to the next. Now, obviously, when there are uh, doctor appointments or tests that are needed to be done during the show hours, then taking a day a sick day is is um is without question it's you know you you know you need to do it but when it's something uh like this and things like this have happened in the past where at some point in the middle of the show you're like oh i don't know that i can go on like this um and you either have to bow out or um or I mean, you would have to bow out. Is I guess that's really the only option. Mm-hmm. And right now, see now this is the weird part about this. This this toothache, it just went away in that last mid sentence. Really? Now, now I don't know that it won't come back in seconds, but usually when it rolls in, when this toothache rolls in, it's intense, but brief. Although by brief I mean. An hour, maybe an hour, hour and a half. All right. And then it could go away for 8, 10, 12 hours. Well, what were you doing when the pain started? Nothing. Well, yeah, well, not, yeah. I'm, that's what I mean. I'm not drink, I'm not eating ice. I'm not uh, drinking soup. Were you, were you picking at it? No. Were you, were picking you, at a tooth? Were you, you know, putting your fingers in your mouth or anything like that? No, or, no I wasn't doing any of those things. Had like a, like a pen or a pencil nope, stuck nope, in there? No, nope. I, like I said, I've got gum, but it's on the. I'm chewing it on the other side. And uh, to, uh, to, uh, what, 12.30? 12.30, I got a dentist appointment. So I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls it. 
The two. Yeah. Okay. I, yep. I mean, I, I, mean yeah. I, I mean, I know the guy. I, yeah. I don't no, know what it's else not him. Would... I've been traded. <laughs> I don't know if you if they're pulling other things I over was, there now. I was traded within the division. Really? Yeah. For a yeah. for a uh, for a player to be named for a later. Patient, for a patient to be named later. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, I you know I've I've never really had you know a lot of dental work done. Yeah. <sighs> my my parents didn't care enough about me to pay for dip, uh, braces. Mm -hmm. Uh But uh, you know I had wisdom teeth taken out a few years ago. Because you know, I didn't have that Obviously, done when I was 18. You had all the wisdom taken out of you. Ah, uh, you're absolutely hilarious, and I could go on for hours talking about that. But um, I've never had what you're experiencing. Hmm. You know, like a, like you just get like a like a tooth. You know that hurts so much yeah. that I had to go to oh. a dentist. I don't know. No, I just yeah. Normally, if there's a, like a loose tooth, yeah, as a child, I may have pulled it out. You, know, you have, never had a cavity. No, I've had a cavity, but it wasn't, you know, like not every cavity is painful. No, I I understand that, but you're making it sound like you've never even had anything beyond cleanings. No, I've had, I've, like, I've got like four cavities in my life. Mm. And, you know, and, you know, up until the pandemic, I was going every six months like they ask you to. Yeah. But I never had like an issue that was so um, pressing. Yeah. That I say, I, I got to get in there right now. Well, yeah, there's uh, there's something going on in my mouth, and I can't stand it at a single moment longer. I will admit, uh, despite what I have said for many, excuse me, many many years, uh, that there just might be something to that whole flossing thing. Um, might be. I'm still not convinced. I'm just opening a door to possibility. Right. And uh, and um, I was never really a three times a day toothbrusher teeth brusher um i did wear braces for i believe almost five years right and within six months of the doctor taking them off he wanted to put them back on again five years mm, maybe maybe four i think it was supposed to be three even and it ended up being four even four is a hell of yeah. a long time well and like i said immediately after he took them off everything shifted again so he, he knew he didn't want to take them off in three years um and then uh i i just you know i know i i have gone on occasion and in pre-pandemic an entire year without going back to the dentist. Yeah. Um, I, I realize that I have not been the most diligent, uh, teeth minder. Well, you, uh, in, in, out there, you, you have, uh, you have mentioned this, uh, on countless occasions over the years. That it's not a big priority for you. Like, like for me, uh, it is essential to brush my teeth before I go to bed. And I know that you don't like yeah, yeah, you know, like no. doing that because you don't like the taste of a, a fresh uh, mouth of mint. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it, it creates a, a phlegmy, uh, a, a mucusy kind of uh, situation. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, know what you're talking about unless mm. you're not, you know, like drinking water or to hydrate or well, just to rinse your mouth. That's out. the other thing too. Now, so believe it or not, there is a prescription toothpaste. And that's what I'm using now. I, I don't know if like if I can get strung out on it or if I'm gonna develop some kind of a dependency on it where I'm out on the streets yeah, trying this, to this, score this, some toothpaste. A lot of dudes in a toothpaste <laughs> rehab. Yeah, You're I absolutely that's right. What, that's what I mean. I'll be up in Brattleboro yeah. somewhere. I, uh, what, what were you drinking? Nothing. I was brushing 17 times a day. Can you imagine the intervention? John, we'd like you uh, to sit down so we can tell you all the many ways uh, in which your dental hygiene mm -hmm. hurts us. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't drinking. Brushing. I, I couldn't stop. 
I had a I had a toothbrush in my hand every minute of the day. Hey, not uh, a glass, not a glass in my hand. Listen, with I had all the toothbrush, with all these dental problems you got, yeah. uh, combined with that new car that's out in the parking lot, yeah. I have a question for you, mm. Grandpa. When are you taking us to Arthur Treacher's for the <laughs> early bird special? Believe me, if it, if there were an Arthur Treacher still here, we'd be there. There's no question about it. How about a long John Silvers? I wouldn't mind wearing the hat. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a prescription uh, toothpaste, and the, prob- and, the, and the way to use it properly is that you don't rinse after you've used it. What? Um, because yeah. it's supposed to it's supposed to create a coating what? on your teeth and then work itself a, a, in. A lot of uh, prescription toothpaste for like tooth sensitivity. Mm-hmm. You you brush and you leave it on. Right. What kind of right. dental wizard wizardry is that? Yeah, but because it's it's the it's the toothpaste that needs to get into your teeth. And like, if you uh, rinse, you're just you're just washing it off. Is it like a stronger version of Sensodyne? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I think uh, in fact yeah. I think it is. Uh, there you go. Sensodyne. Yeah. But um yeah, prescription prescription toothpaste. I I know you've you've always kind of uh, poo-pooed the idea of flossing, but I you know, yeah, I, I know I try to floss as 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 often as I can and the and the reason for that is every time I floss um the floss usually comes out of my mouth smelling like death. So unless I get the stuff that's in between those teeth to come out of in between those teeth, then I have to assume my breath smells like death. And I don't like that. I never actually uh, sniffed the floss after I used it. Yeah, you should try it sometime. Why we, would someone do that? Because sometimes the stink just, because I'm not talking about you holding up to your nose. I mean, just yeah. it just comes out of your mouth. You go, what is that smell? Hey, I, I think you're secretly smelling the floss when it comes out. I might. Uh, from time well, to time, I'm a little curious about what was in there. And, and you know, the funny thing is, for the last year and a half, with all these masks, um, I think I think that's an easier way to smell your own breath as well. And I find that my breath is offensive. And and I find that a cloth mask after a while stinks and maybe needs to be washed. Yes, or just thrown away because or that. after a while it just it it loses its luster. Yeah. Yeah, but boy, I tell you, I I was going to come in this morning with uh with you know the hot water bottle against my cheek and the and the Sheet tied oh, yeah. across the top so, of my the knot on the top of my head. Somebody just uh, wrote and said, "Cancer, condos, cops, cannabis, casinos, and now cavities." cavities. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that covers the whole the whole Pretty rainbow much right there. All the seas. It's eight twenty two on Rock one hundred two. The manufacturing event you've been waiting for. It's 8.31 with Max and O'Brien of Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by the Dowd Insurance Agency's insurance savings with local service at Dowd.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. Springfield Mayor Dominic Sarno is set to testify today as the fight for bail reform continues here in Massachusetts. Only defendants can appeal bail decisions, but the mayor and other Hamden County officials are trying to pass new legislation that would allow prosecutors to do the same. Uh, Mayor Sarno submitted testimony last week to the Commonwealth's Joint Committee Committee committee. on the Judiciary regarding House Bill 1839, which addresses bail reform. Local officials are pushing for this legislation to prevent repeat offenders from paying bail and immediately returning to the streets. Opponents of the bail reform bill believe the new rule would give prosecutors too much power. The uh, bill, HB 1839... 
It makes 1840 look like uh, a... 1838 look like a piece of crap. Was sponsored by uh, Representative Angelo Pupolo. It aims to reform bail requirements relative to repeat offenders. More information on the bill can be found at the state's website, blah, blah, blah. One of the the paragraphs of this article on Mass Live is that um, the, the Hamden County Bar Association has opposed the bill, stating that Sarno is misguided in placing blame for the violent crime issues on judges and his perception of low bail. Uh, the Bar Association has stated that higher bail discriminates against low-income defendants. Now, that's something that's long been known, that, unfortunately, minorities tend to be spending more time in uh, custody because of bail issues. But I really wish that this article, or, or the Hamden Bar Association, had been uh, had elaborated a little bit more on how they feel the mayor is misguided in placing that blame it's like you know what what uh, obviously again the feelings uh, of many people like that are look bail is only intended to to guarantee that you will come back to court it's not intended to be punitive it's not supposed to take your past record into consideration it's just to ensure you're going to come back yeah, but the mayor has also brought the uh, brought up the fact, and not just the mayor, uh, you know, other police chiefs going back years, that your your the um, the number of repeat offenders over a period of time, it's the same people over and over and over again. They get arrested, they go in, they come out, they're committing more crimes, and and I understand that you know that's not the purpose of bail in Massachusetts. But this is a this is a situation that you know everybody in law enforcement can almost agree on. Well, but the problem in in many cases also is that the person commits the crime, then either goes to trial or plea bargains, goes to jail, then gets out and commits the crime again. So are the sentences too lenient? Because again, pre-trial, you got that constitutional guarantee of innocent until proven guilty but once you're proven guilty and then you're sentenced is it because the sentencing is too light well we we clearly have a system that doesn't work for everybody in every case and there's always going to be people that will be unfortunately uh you know taken advantage of or take advantage of the system itself but you know clearly this isn't working the way it's supposed to be working. You know, when you have the same people committing the same crime over and over again, and we don't really get a chance to take care of the problem. Listen, any of you dirtbags want to come back out on the street and cause more problems, you can kiss your son of a wench mothers. Ooh, Jesus, yeah. harsh words, harsh words. You stay out of my town, you understand? <laughs> I will kick your ass all over this place. Dark bike riding scumbag. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, big news out of Sunderland. The Sunderland Police Department with breaking news. They're advising drivers to avoid North Main Street today as crews are paving the road and expect significant delays. The Uh, road mean like all the roads or just just uh, that one road? Well, that North Main Street that runs right through the center of Sunderland. To South Main Street. It's going to be closed. Yeah, about that. Wow, that's sure there's alternatives. I'm sure that one motorist is kind of a real problem today. And Probably I, horse paths they can take. 
An app designed to help save lives by targeting the location of an emergency at a school is not popular with teachers and other eligible employees because they don't trust it. In the two months it's been available, only 16% of school staff have downloaded the Safer Watch app. It's being used to comply with Alyssa's law uh, passed last year uh, by Florida's legislature uh, to require school districts to have a mobile panic button. 17-year-old Alyssa Aldehaf was among 17 Killed in a 2018 shooting at Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School. Her mother is now a Broward County school board member who lobbied for the law. It uh, it does seem kind of like counterproductive to have an app. It's almost like 20 people calling 911 at the same time. Yeah, but <clears throat> this is this is part of the law, though, right? Yeah, the, the, but how the, effective is that? that my, my point is how effective is it? Because if you get if you have a dispatcher who's got uh, 2911 calls coming in about uh, one accident, they're just kind of like brushing through those. Is that what this thing is? It sounds like it's just sending an alert to the police department hmm. that something's going on. Nothing? I don't know. I don't know anything about the app. I don't, I don't know how they, they work it, whether it's a third party that. Answers, you know, screens the calls and then transfers it to, to uh, local communities. I have no idea. Uh, a man died after he tried to hit people on a sidewalk with his truck, crashed against a building, and then was pulled out and beaten by a group in Southern California. Ta-da! The man was asked to leave a business in Hawthorne early Saturday and then argued with someone while walking to his truck, said Lieutenant Hugo, Hugo Renaya of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. The man then intentionally drove the truck onto the sidewalk, nearly hitting a group of patrons before his truck wedged against a tree. As the patrons tried to take the man out of the driver's seat, he accelerated again and hit the corner of a nearby building. The patrons took the driver out of the truck and continued fighting with him as Hawthorne police arrived. The driver suffered blunt force trauma. He died at the scene. The incident was captured on surveillance video, but the footage was grainy and the fight occurred behind the truck, partially out of view. Uh, the police said you could see that there was a fight going on, but you couldn't tell who was doing what. Most of the people involved in the fight were interviewed by detectives and then released, pending the results of an autopsy. Detectives were waiting for the results of the autopsy to see if the man may have suffered a medical issue during the fight that led to his death. That would suck. During the fight or prior to... No, no he a, he aimed at these people, yeah, right? He uh, he intentionally drove on the sidewalk. Yeah, so yeah. this it's going to be a case of self defense, I'm sure. It's not. Um, once he was removed from the truck, he was no longer a danger. So Sometimes, it's going to be tough though. to go with a self defense street claim. justice. That that's yeah, <laughs> that's generally not overlooked. <laughs> you come out to Hawthorne, California, you're going to get your ass beat. Uh huh. Try to run us over. A uh, woman was spared a three-month prison sentence after using an Amazon Alexa smart speaker to verbally threaten her ex's new partner and sharing naked pictures of her former partner. Was that wrong? Should I have not have done that? As long as there's no malice. You're looking to intimidate. If anyone had told me beforehand, I never would have done it. Philippa Copleston Warren, 46, from London, used the device to blare, get the whore out at her former partner's (laughs) home in Lincolnshire. (laughs) She also threatened the couple by using a connected app to switch their bedside light on and off. Oh, man, oh, that's that, it. That's yeah. irritating unless yeah. you just pull the plug. Yeah. The uh, unnamed victim was able to was unable to use his Facebook or Match.com accounts. Cobblestone Warren was able, so able to access and download a naked picture of her ex, sharing it widely onto his social media with the caption, Do I look fat? What a bitch, huh? So wait a minute. What did, what did she do with Alexa again? 
she can make it go. She obviously had access to the Alexa account. Oh, okay. And she and, and you can the app, and you can make an announcement oh. on the on the Alexa. Alexa uh, makes the announcement, or your is it actually your voice? It's your recorded voice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's you know, so I can send a message to to home to the kids, right? By just talking into the phone, say, hey, "I'll be home in twenty minutes," right, or something like that, and then it'll, Alexa <laughs> will play it. Mm. Get the whore out. Yeah, get the whore out. I believe uh, we used to have that. That's the first segment I did here at uh, Rock 102. Yes, it was. And, and Every I, night at 10 I o'clock. I believe it was get the lead out. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, right. I thought it was get the whore out. Yeah, no, 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 that's, no. that's probably why they took you off that detail. Yeah. Man, all those female <laughs> artists that we played. I know. No wonder why everybody was requesting Led Zeppelin songs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jacob Bindman, uh, defending uh, Cobbleston Warren, said his client medically relied on the dog that was shared between Cobbleston Warren and her ex. The animal, a support dog used to care for uh, Bindman's client as a result of her diabetes, would lap water from a bowl to alert her if her sugar levels fall too low. Dogs can do that? That's an, that's an interesting way for a dog to signal something. Hey, your sugar, hey, your sugar levels are low. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Why can't the dog just tell you? Hey, uh, or sit. You know, they usually either s- they yeah. usually either sit or they bark. You don't normally see like a dog sitting around a table using one of the, the little tabs on its paw to check their their sugar level. But I mean, the, the dog laps water. How how does that not indicate the dog might be thirsty? I don't know. That's a strange sign. I've never, I've never heard of that before. You remember uh, that episode of Lassie? Uh, what's the matter, Lassie? Roo, roo, roo. Oh, Timmy's blood sugar is low. We, <laughs> yeah. better, we better get him some fruit or a chocolate. Yeah. The dog signals its owner by licking its balls. <laughs> it does that all the time. What? What's that? It needs its syringe full of insulin? <laughs> I need a medical dog around my house to tell me to do things like, uh, yeah. but I want to take a Tylenol. Hey, you have a little bit of headache. I can sense it. <laughs> I get it. Hey, you're not breathing right at night. You're not wearing that CPAP thing right, are you? <laughs> Sleep apnea, dog. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, if you're a dog, John, we be telling you to go to the dentist more often. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Hey, make sure you floss yeah. each and every day. Uh, Benjamin explained to the uh, court that Cobbleston Warren had access to the smart system to check on her dog, which was in the care of her ex after the medical procedure. That's how she's saying she had still had yeah. the access to the Alexa. Sentencing, as well as uh, handing her a sentencing year sentencing year restraining order, uh, the judge said, I have no doubt at the time of the offense that you were concerned about your dog and the operation it just had, but I am not convinced at all that that was the primary or the only factor that was causing you personal distress. You, ma'am, are a bad breaker-upper. Yeah. Now get the whore out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if uh, if you really want the whore out, that's what you say. You know? I suppose, but you can't imagine it's going to work. We may need to bring that feature back. A uh, medical student who threw acid over his ex-girlfriend while disguised in a fat suit has been jailed for 15 years. Ta-da! Jesus. Milad Roof put on the disguise, which also included makeup and sunglasses, before throwing sulfuric acid over uh, Rim Aloui, his ex-girlfriend, and a former colleague when she came to the door of her home in May. Aloui suffered life-changing injuries as a result. Uh, She has been left unable to close her eyes or move her neck and is blind in her right eye. 
A search of Rule's flat uh, and the incident revealed a shopping list detailing his disguise, which included a fat suit and a black morph suit. What's the black What's morph? What's a black morph suit? I have no idea. Hmm. Anyway, the 25-year-old from Cardiff traveled to his family's home. This is in uh, England, by the way. In uh, southeast London and on to Brighton, where he carried out the attack, the acid was so concentrated it scorched the paintwork off of Louis's front door. A black morph suit would be like a like the, almost like a almost like the Blue Man Group. From yeah. head to toe, you're covered in black. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Prosecutor Flora Page told the told the court using padded clothing and makeup, he made himself appear to be a black woman of large build. By the time of the attack at 4:15 p.m., he was dressed in all black. And he was wearing a face mask, sunglasses, and face visor. His disguise proved effective, and Louis did not recognize him as she opened the door. God, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, that's that's a special kind of just, yeah, but punishment, she, hopefully, for somebody like that. But just the idea of the burning mm-hmm. that is caused by the acid that yep. you can't do anything about. And putting water on it is going to make it even worse. Yeah. Yep. He's... Uh, of course, Bond 124's legendary costume contest with cash prizes, including a first place prize of 300 bucks. Bond 124's annual Halloween party, Friday the 29th, starting at 8, Bond 124 in Summers, and at Bond124Restaurant.com. Rock 102. That's Rock. It's 8.53 in the Rolling Stones and Rock 102. I bet I know what could uh, fix this uh, toothache in a heartbeat. Uh, hockey? Yeah, a yeah. good slap shot right to the face. That would certainly knock that uh, diseased tooth right out of your yeah. mouth. It's, it's no wonder so many of those guys uh, have missing teeth. In the uh, the studio with us right now, the president of the Springfield Thunderbirds, Nate Costas. Good to see you. It's good to see you guys. And you have all of your teeth, do you not, Nate? I do, yeah. yeah. Fortunately, I haven't played on the ice. So Now, let me ask you this. Uh, <laughs> what kind of uh, dental plan does the team have? Well, the Blues will handle that, but I'm pretty sure it's comprehensive. I know those guys are getting worked on in-game sometimes. Uh, so, it, uh, how, how little participation would I need to have with the team to be considered an official member? <laughs> well, maybe come out, sit on the bench, and if you get dinged, we'll we'll take you down and, and take the care there of you. Yeah, yeah. A mouthful of puck, and you'll have no problem at all. So, opening night is uh, this Saturday against the uh, the Hartford Wolfpack. You got a whole big uh, to do. Uh, planned about uh, over it. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, I'm sure John will love this. So the next 14 days look like it's going to be beautiful sunshine, but Saturday's looking a little rainy. But uh, we've got Court Square, uh, Court Square Block Party um, coming out with t- Trailer Trash. is going to kick everything off. It's been a year and a half. It's going to be 587 days since the last time we had hockey here in Springfield. Wow. So um, Also 587 days since... Trailer Trash didn't have a gig. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have them, right? I think they're prerequisite for every big gig in the town. Yeah. That's, that's it. Um, people love it, so you know we're going to blow it out there. And then, as we were saying earlier, the St. Louis Blues are coming to town. It's going to be a big welcome for them. We're going to blow it out at the game that night and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully blow it out with a bang. We were just talking before we went on about the affiliation with uh, with St. Louis. And you know, like every NHL team has got like a different approach when it comes to their minor league affiliates. It sounds like the Blues are like a very aggressive team, as far as you know who they're getting for you guys, and it's a whole new team. I think there's like one holdover from the last time you guys were on the ice. Is that right? Yeah. So you know we were looking to kick off that affiliate last year. We didn't get a chance to get on the ice, but now we're kicking off our affiliation with the Blues. And I know you know a little bit of a rivalry there with the, with the Bruins, but I think it's great from a development standpoint. 
um, they've been awesome. They're true pros. They understand that they want to develop at our level. And, and really, I mean, I'm not trying to be too optimistic, but they've loaded us up. It's one of the best teams we've had here in Springfield to, um, you know, with the Thunderbirds in the last, you know, since I've been here. So really looking forward to it. Um, you know, again, like they really, de- they, they understand development. They want to win at this level and they understand if you win at this level, it leads to good things at the NHL level. So Really looking forward to kicking that partnership off. I think fans are going to love the style of play that these guys have. I don't. Uh, I don't know how much of a history buff you are with the team. You know, going back to the Falcons and and the Indians and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, and I don't have the memory to remember this anyway. But uh, have have the St. Louis Blues been the parent company before the no. parent team? No, not they not in Springfield. No, they have not. Okay, no. no. But they have been a pretty uh, pretty aggressive team over the years too. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that 2019 Stanley Cup team, a lot of guys came through their system, so that's a positive. You know, we, we've had four years with Florida. They were great to us, but, you know, I, I think we had some challenges when it came to the product on the ice, and our ownership group wanted to work with a team that wanted to win here. I think that's what everybody's doing this for is to win on the ice. Um, we try to do everything off the ice to, to, you know, bring the crowds in, but, you know, winning hockey will uh, lead to a lot of real success. I'm on the uh, website right now, and there's a, there's a rolling scroll practically of uh, promotions that you're having in the uh, in the next month and uh, October 30th, kind of cool T Birds Beer Stein giveaway. That's right. It's our third year doing. Uh, we're gonna have a beer tasting event before the game. We'll have a number of local breweries out, um, and we also giving away a T Birds Beer Stein on that night too. So nice. You guys know we we try to do a, a ton of stuff off the ice with the promotions and themes, and this year no different. So all that stuff's going to be awesome as well. Now right. being closed for a year uh, with you know with nobody playing, although I am looking right now here at the Deuces Wild Fridays two dollar Coors Light, uh, two dollar hot dogs. I know you know we've joked in the past about the cost of a beer um, with a two year layoff. Does that naturally mean increased prices or or not? No, I, actually, I think everything that we've got is is holding the line. I mean, I, I've got your your uh, your your um, you know comments in my head from the the first time we <laughs> talked. I think about our beers, so um, it's it's top of mind for us. Um, and and obviously, we had a three dollar beer, two dollar dog dollar soda uh, promotion. But the concessionaire, you know, understands that, you know, we need to do some things like this to bring people into the building. Yeah. Um, and so there's always going to be a cheap option on Friday nights with live music and just trying to, you know, trying to create an atmosphere and give people an affordable night out. This That's is right. A- it was the three, two, one promotion, right? You had Correct. three minutes to eat two hot dogs for one person. <laughs> uh, that would be quite the promotion. Yeah, right? that would be a good one. Though. Uh, this is Nate Costa from the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds. Now, obviously, you know, with, with COVID and, uh, and everything else, it does change a little bit how you guys approach going into a season with people in the stands. What what can people expect when they go to games right now? Well, I mean, the Springfield has an indoor mask mandate, so and that's the that's the one thing that we're asking people to do when they come to games if they can wear their mask. Um, obviously, if you if you get a drink or, or some food, you know, we're not going to be enforcing it that um, that stringently, but you know, when you're not doing that, do the right thing. You know, we're going to hopefully be able to pack the arena. We have very few tickets left for Saturday. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great chance for us to, to really bring back, um, you know, large events here to, to Springfield. Do you have masks? We do. Yep. You uh, do? On the website we do. And, uh, with the logo on it or, yeah, or like absolutely. a, like a missing tooth mouth, uh, <laughs> logo. Uh, well, that would be pretty cool though, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Right. Cause we were hopeful by now that we wouldn't have the mask situation. Right. So yeah. it's, you know, you don't want to overbuy stuff, but yeah, we have a, we have masks available for people to buy. That's got the, the, the T-Birds logo all over it. Well, Rock One Two is going to be doing a Thunderbird Thursday. 
Uh, and uh, again, opening night is Saturday against the uh, the Hartford Wolf Pack. The uh, the uh, the pregame party uh, kicks off at what time? Uh, Four o'clock, Court Square, and then uh, I'd, I'd encourage everyone to get there early. We've got some really special stuff pregame. We're going to blow it out with some pyro, rally towels. Um, we're going to do it like that very first opening night. So it's going to be a real spectacle in the arena. So get there early and get your get in your seat because it'll be a fun time. Fantastic. Great. Good yeah. to see you, Nate. Good to see you guys. As Nate Costa from the uh, the Fal- from the Thunderbirds. Listen to me. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's nine o'clock on Rock 102. GG Inks screen printing and embroidery. They print their shirt on your back. Heck, they make the Rock 102 shirts that we wear and give out to you at events. Find them online at gginks.com. Gginks.com. What kind of tires should you get?